All right. Hi, everybody. How you doing? I am Johan. That is Charleston on today's Better With Age. We have, I was pretty excited about this myself. Uh, we have probably one of my childhood heroes, idols growing up. Uh, we have the five-time Stanley Cup winner. I got to see all the notes because there's lots of things you can say. Six-time All-Star, uh, member of uh, hockey, NHL hockey, 100 best. He's the first black player to play goal in the NHL. First to win the Stanley Cup. First to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, Wayne Gretzky called him the greatest goal I'd ever played. Ah, enough about this. This is Mr. <laughs> I can go on for days. Uh, Grant, thanks for joining us on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. All that makes me sound like I'm old. <laughs> oh man, no, just just better, just better with age. Yeah, I, I like that better. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you right now, Grant? You're in uh, Palm Springs, correct? I am down in Palm Springs, enjoying a little bit of warm weather down here. Yeah, well, it's not too bad here in Saskatchewan right now. But uh, how are things going down there with uh, COVID? How are, you see a lot of Canadians or nothing down there right now, or how's how's life there? The Canadians that are here have been locked down since probably March. So some went home, some stayed. But, yeah, we're back in our second version of lockdown already down here because people just don't seem to want to pay attention. So we're back to having quarantine rules again. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting to be the same thing here. Um, Saskatchewan's not too bad, but I heard BC and Alberta starting to get worse and worse and worse. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really uh, unpredictable times. Charleston, uh, we'll just jump into a question for you. Any news about the CFL, Charleston? What's going on there? Man, this CFL stuff is going crazy right now. <laughs> like, we were supposed to get, like, a deadline of whether we were going to touch the field again this year today. Yeah. But the government kind of said, look, you guys, we're not going to give you $40 million because we don't support uh, for-profit professional sports organizations. So the government really didn't say no. They just said, we're not going to give you what you asked for. So I guess they're going to go back at it and reevaluate and probably extend us out until next week before they actually figure something out. So playing a waiting game all over again. Wow. Grant, Grant how, uh, you know, if this happened in your playing days, what would have been your train of thought? Like we've had, we've talked to Jordan Everly, we've talked to Ryan Reeves, we've talked to, um, you know, Ryan Getzlaff, players like that on the show. But, uh, you know, it, it's really just unprecedented times. How do you think you would have reacted back then if, if this was back then? To be locked down with the boys in Edmonton. <laughs> well, it would have been interesting, that's for sure. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's one of those things. It's unprecedented. It's hard on the athletes. Yeah. I mean, you're supposed to be training. You don't know if you're training for a season. Some guys are going to train hard. Some guys aren't. That's just the law of the way it is. So it would be tough. Yeah. yeah. Well, if we have, if we do have a season, if they said, okay, we're good, we got a season next week. Oh man, this might get ugly for me because uh, <laughs> I ain't in game shape right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it's going to be different. Any predictions, Grant, on uh, on the NHL coming up? That's going to be starting up here uh, next week. I think is going to start to get into exhibition games. Uh, you know, are you following any of the teams? Do you have any predictions? Any uh, any of your uh, old former clubs that you've been following, thinking that the, they might go all the way? Well, I'm hoping the Oilers go all the way, but <laughs> I, they're in tough right out of the gate. They get Chicago right out of the gate, so that's going to be a tough one for them. St. Louis should make a good run again. 
So, and, and you know what? It's going to be a crapshoot because the teams that were playing good just got a three-month break. Yeah. So all of a sudden, everybody's starting fresh again. Then you add eight extra teams into the mix, and you can throw all the balls into a machine. You don't know who's popping out. Yeah, that's definitely true. It's going to be different with all the injuries, too. Guys have time to be able to recover. Um, you know, I saw guys are bringing in uh, some of the younger players. Some of the Russians are coming over, and they're getting thrown into that. So it's really unknown. It's really going to be – it's kind of exciting, but it's kind of – I don't know how it's going to be when uh, when the stadiums are going to be empty. You same, know, the, the same way those baseball games look. The baseball <laughs> games look horrible with no, with no fans in the stadium. Like, it looks weird. They hit a home run, and then the ball goes to nobody. Yeah. Like, they might be <laughs> – <laughs> they might be saving money on balls. That's about it. I mean, <laughs> you get to collect all the balls back now. <laughs> uh, the one, the one thing that's interesting, Grant, back in your day, um, you know, they didn't have too many mics on the bench or you know around there. Nowadays, they're getting more and more mic players, and you get to hear that. Um, would it be in, who, who back in the day with the Oilers? Would you be going, man, it would be great if we could put a mic on him on the bench? Or be like oh, no. If you just set a mic by our bench, <laughs> it would be. I, the one thing about no fans, people, people are going to learn some new words. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. When, once, uh, you get into, once you get into the heat of battle, the language changes a little. So well, It's one of the things that I've always loved is you, you, you start to see some of the old clips of back in the day, back in the day. And I remember watching um, – there's a clip a few years ago that came out when um, the Penguins were playing the North Stars, Minnesota North Stars, and Trache is on the bench, and I forget who he's sitting beside, but all of a sudden he started to beat Bellows. And, and you know, it was uh, a face-off at the blue line, and he just started saying, hey, Bellows, you beep. Hey, Bellows, you, you, you know, beep, beep, beep. And then he just started <laughs> to go off. And he was like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> But if they haven't got a five-second delay, it'll be most entertaining. <laughs> oh man, that's yeah. that's that, and that that happens in all sports. Even if you you've been watching UFC or anything like that, like you can hear the guys breathing, huffing, and puffing. Like you can hear everything now. You can hear the corner talk. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to hear all that stuff now because you don't normally hear that when you got the crowd in there. Because really, all the crowd like overwhelms everybody that's talking. Like your corner, you know, communication between you know, the two players, like, I mean, it's, it's different. It's just a totally different. It's very different. <laughs> Charleston, I'd like to be able to see if you can have a mic on for some of the games this year. If a... <laughs> see, I, see, I, I'm kind of loose on the field. Like I, I do a lot of laughing and I joke around with guys. Like I, I make fun of people on the field. Like I try to get it. I try to, I try to throw people off and I, one minute I'm laughing and joking with you. The next minute I'm trash talking to you. And then I try to throw focus <laughs> off. Like I've, I think one time in a game, I've talked to an offensive lineman so bad, he started crying to the referee saying, ref, you're not going to throw a flag. Can you tell him to shut up and leave me alone? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, who does that? Who begs to the ref to, like, throw a flag for me talking to you? But <laughs> that's when you know you're in his kitchen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Grant, you've always been known as a guy that's, you know, very quiet and mellow and, and relaxed. Is there anybody that comes to the top of mind right now that you can think of tried to get into your kitchen back in the day or, you know, oh, there's lots of guys, yeah. there's lots of guys that try, but you always have fun with it. <laughs> yeah. what I want to know, have you ever just threw the gloves down and put your Dukes up? <laughs> uh, maybe three or four times. That's about it. I've been yeah. doing some research and I ain't seen no clips of you putting your Dukes up <laughs> on nobody. 
Uh, there's, there's a couple hiding in the internet somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> any any players that you can uh, think of that uh, that were your that you remember were like, man, that guy could chirp, or anybody that on the Oilers that was like that. Oh, Kevin McClellan, Marty McSorley were pretty good at it. Oh, your they, old roommate, Kevin McClellan. Oh yeah, and they, Marty. Nothing was off limits. <laughs> really? Oh, <shoot>. oh yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, and uh, speaking of Marty McSorley, how's he doing uh, lately? Is he uh, he's like in TVs and doing all kinds of stuff. What's he up to these days? He's living down in Manhattan Beach, so he's living the good life, enjoying things. Yeah, but he's yeah. doing good. Nice, nice. You still keep in touch with a lot of guys. You still, I would assume, every time you go back to Edmonton for some of those Oilers celebrations, you get to see all those guys and reminisce and the hockey stories come out. But do you ever uh, get some of the guys out at the golf course uh, golfing these days? We've had a few of the guys out. And then different golf events around the U.S. and around Canada, we get to see the guys. So nice. I get to see everybody usually at least once a year. And who's, uh, who's the worst golfer out of the crew? Messier, coffee, co- uh, I feel like Anderson, all hockey players Red's. good at golf. For some reason, <laughs> I was gonna say, they, they, can all play, they can all play a little bit. <laughs> See, look, <laughs> it's like I never, I have yet to meet a hockey player that isn't good at golf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's one of those things, Charleston. They had, you know, it's perfect for them because then their off season is golf season, right? And and they get to be able to go and and relax on the course. So, and Grant was. You, you, you've been known to be able to golf once or twice uh, on your off days and be able to do that? Playoff time, I may have played a little bit of golf here and there. <laughs> Charleston, I read a story about, uh, about Grant that said that um, he was golfing the day before a Stanley – was it the Game 7, Grant? Game 7 against Philly. That uh, a reporter was saying to him, saying, um, was going, uh, what did you do on the previous day? Or maybe they were asking Gretzky beside you. I can't remember what the, the story was. You'd be able to tell it more. Uh, they happened to ask what I did the day before the game. So I politely mentioned that I went out and played golf. And they asked how many holes. I may have thrown out that I played 36. And they asked why. And got dark. Couldn't play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, to, to most of us, um, well, I know for myself, Charleston, are you a good golfer? I haven't golfed with you. And if I play, if I play 18 holes, I'm fatigued. I can only imagine <laughs> playing 36 holes. How do you even play 36? Do you play 18, then go back to the start? This, yeah. Is oh, that yeah. same course twice? Same course twice. And Charleston, this before the Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. I'm we're, a little more, we're a little more laid back than most people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, I've I've done some crazy stuff in my time, you know, during the season. Matter of fact, all right, oh. I've had a I've had a reporter come to me before, uh, because we went on a bye week, and I decided to go on bye week, and I started to go I decided to go to the Strathmore Rodeo. At this oh. at this at this Strathmore Rodeo, there's an event that's called Running with the Bulls. So they give you a pink T-shirt. And you do a running with the Bulls. And I always said, I want to go to Spain, do running of the Bulls, you know, get that adrenaline rush, see how it feels to, to jump out there and have this one-ton bull running at you, however much it weighs. So I decide, you know what, I'm going to try it. All I got to do is don't be the slowest person out here, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, it's four. they let four Bulls out at a time. You know, everybody kind of lock arms in front of the Bulls running at them. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing this. And granted, this is on my bye week. So the Bulls – They get time to heal. 
Yeah. <laughs> so the Bulls come running around. You know, I'm, I make it around the ring once. I start getting a little cocky. You do three rounds around the race. And then I started pulling out my phone and start trying to get close up. So the bull <laughs> running after me, trying to hit me. And I'll drop my phone, jump on the gate. So we make it around two times, and I go to the third lap. You know, I'm thinking the race is over. The four bulls come, run around, and me and this guy are talking, and he was talking football talk with me and stuff, and I'll just tell him. He was saying, like, I was nuts for being out there, me and this guy talking. And I hear the crowd go, oh! <laughs> and I, I happen to look out the corner of my eye. Boom! The bull hits me. Redirect. Boom! The bull hits him. Knock my shoe like 30, 30 yards up. Knock my hat clean off my head. I jump on the gate. I'm in shock right now because I just got hit and flipped by a bull. And I'm thinking like, oh, man, he could have ended my career. Yeah. So I'm trying to hide this from my team and all the coaches. And I knew who was some video footage out there somewhere. So I was thinking like, okay, how do I keep this off social media the best way I can? Only one reporter ended up asking me about that. And I was like, man, what are you talking about? I wasn't there. I showed him my phone that I was out fishing the next day. Like, yeah, look, look at this day. I was fishing. <laughs> I ended up going to get treatment and everything. And I had the biggest Charlie horse on the back of my hamstring. But I finished the season and I led the season in sacks that year. So there you go. Yeah, don't phase me. <laughs> well, I wonder. See, that's if why I put. That's why I played in the best era. No social media. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's that's a great point, Grant, about that. How do you think you guys would have, you know, Edmonton's a big city, but it's also a small city when you get Ooh, it's, it's not that big. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you knew that growing up there. You knew that uh, living there for most of your life, right? I mean, I mean, how would you survive living in the era of social media back then, especially the, the likes you guys were all – you know, young. You guys are all in your early 20s growing up then and having that success and being able to win and become Stanley Cup champions. Can you imagine the attention you guys would have got back then? We got that attention then without social media. So yeah. I, couldn't I couldn't imagine if everything you did was on social media. It'd have been, we'd, have been in a lot of, we'd have been in a lot of trouble. We'd still have just as much fun. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I keep on reading about is that how much fun I think that you guys had. It must have been an unbelievable experience, uh, although also trying to be able to grow up with all that pressure and then just to be able to, you know, keep on, um, you know, towards that goal of winning a Stanley Cup year after year after year and, and all that pressure. I mean, how did you guys survive back then with that much pressure and, and knowing the goals and the whole city was behind you? And once you won your first Stanley Cup, it was harder and harder after that, right? It gets harder, but at the same time, we were just having fun. I mean, we were all kids. We didn't know any better. Yeah. So that was the biggest thing is we enjoyed going to the rink every day. We enjoyed hanging out with each other. So we had fun on the ice. We had fun off the ice. Who was the the team clown that you could say? Was was it McClellan or, you know, back Actually, Semenko. Semenko. Semenko was the clown. Really? Dave Semenko. Oh, yeah. Charleston, do, you know, do you know who Dave Semenko is? No way. Okay, so he, he was the tough guy. He was the left winger that played for Grant. Did he play on majority of the time on the – With Gretzky. Yeah, Gretzky. Yeah, he played with Gretzky and Yari. Yeah, so, so can you tell me, Grant, was his head really that big? Uh, not, not overly that big, but he was. <laughs> yeah. Now think 6'4 think and about 225 and about 8% body fat. Holy, oh, he was he ripped. Was a big boy then, yeah. 
and had anger management issues when need be. <laughs> Charleston, he was the toughest guy. Would you say, Granny was the toughest guy in the league? Oh, yeah, by far. Well, you know how big your hands are, Charleston. Yeah. Man, his, are probably, his are probably bigger. <laughs> oh, man, but he sounded like he was a big boy and back in that day. I don't think oh, he was a giant back in the day. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he sounded like he was humongous back then. So what can oh, no, you if you watch some of the old Google some of the old video fights of it, there's people were afraid of him. Yeah. I mean oh, he, he was one of the guys that uh like I grew up uh Grant, a huge Oiler fan, obviously living in Saskatchewan. I was a goalie uh growing up and then uh you know, watching you guys play. I went to games, I have you know, memorabilia, I have all kinds ah. of stuff. I got <laughs> my first wallet was, you know, Edmonton Oilers one. Oh, there you go. Yeah, game stubs from back in the day of going to watch the games against the North Stars and Canadians, keeping them and writing them after about the game. So I, I got to watch you guys and, and see, um, you know, see you guys and the way that the success you guys had. And um, tell me about, uh, you know, living in those days with, with guys like Gretzky and Messier and Curry and, and Coffee, like you said. Saminko. Saminko sounds interesting. What else would he do that would be so funny or just like, like oh, no, he just had a he just had a real dry sense of humor. Oh yeah. So oh. he he caught everybody off guard. He'd throw something out in the middle of a meeting or <laughs> somebody be real serious about something. He'd throw something out that would just throw everybody right off guard. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, Charleston, he passed away last year, Grant, or your No, it's gotta be what are we going on? Two years now? Yeah. And so, but I mean, to, to see these group of guys, like I said, I was a big fan. I, I could just imagine how it was for you guys to be able to go and do that and, and live in Edmonton, um, you know, and just to be able to play with those guys and to see uh, all their success and then, you know, to go through that time. How was it? How's Gretz? How's Gretz to be able to, to be around and to, to do that? Awesome. There's no better guy to be around. Yeah, I mean, I that's, that's just it. We were all like a big family and it hasn't changed even to today. I find that I find that happens in sports though when you're a part of like a winning team like that because when I was in Calgary for like my first maybe five years six years we had such a winning program and such a like a winning team and we all came there at the same time we were all like rookies that year and the bond that I had with that team at that time we were like we hung we hung together off the field whose house we're going over, who's cooking. We, we went to their house for dinner and we all met up at his house or everybody met up at my house or it, it was just like a big family. Like outside of your immediate family, you had your, fa your football family and we all hung together all the time the same way. Yeah, and that's what winning teams do. It's all about the cohesion and guys wanting to play for each other. Yeah, yeah, I bet. So, so Grant, you talk about uh, social media. Here, little we kind of mentioned that before. <laughs> yeah. um, you got some you got some trolls that be on you, boy. <laughs> first thing I want to ask, we found some we found some haters the last little while. <laughs> I, I want to ask, do you write your own stuff on Twitter? I do. Awesome! I love it. Please do not stop. Um, for the people that are watching this all over North America, um, go follow Grant Fear on Twitter. Um, and the one thing that amazes me is like you said the hate or i don't know if it's the audacity of people or it's just the mentality of people these days they trolls trolls oh, yeah. or, well, you know what they're you know what it is they're anonymous and they think they can hide and and so that, we just we just expose them a little bit 
And that's the one thing I've been following you going, this is awesome. But you are not, you said yourself, you, you got on to about three or four fights in the NHL. I think I've counted you're up to about 3,742 fights on Twitter so far. <laughs> it is awesome to be able to see you. At least you don't start it. Oh, no. <laughs> but, I don't have to start it, but I can, I'll lead it along a little bit. Oh, yeah, but you can also – you come back with a flurry and you come back with some heavy hitters and it's something that it, – you know, sometimes I sit there and I think, why is this guy chirping one of the, the best athletes? You know, Gretzky called you yourself, the best goalie to ever play in the NHL. And then, you know, they'll get on to stuff about what you did with the cocaine or with something, you know, personally. Well, that's, that's their go-to. Yeah, and then yeah. – Which- but, but, but 30, what are we now? 33 years ago. So I guess if that's all you got, then. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then that's the thing is that they think that, that if they can bring up something like that, like Charleston's been vilified sometimes too by other people about his DUI. I've, you know, I've, everybody's done things. I've gotten DUIs. I've made lots of mistakes. I mean, we, 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 we're human. We it's make just, mistakes. It's just, I think it's just more of just because us as athletes, we're so publicized in the media for you know all the good that you've done all the good that you've done but the one bad thing you've done oh it it makes you a target right away oh it makes you a target (laughs) right away and it gets exposed and then fans want to use it you know you got all these people who are uh what do you call them the twitter fingers that and they get behind these cameras they get behind these computers and then they, they can say whatever they want and be tough on the computer like I get multiple fans that still try to be funny or bring up, you know, stuff about, you know, my past or when I've, when I've made a mistake. And, you know, I fire back the same way. I used to say, you know what, I, I used to hit the delete, the delete button or the block button. Then I just said, man, why am I blocking these people? Like, I'm going to just start going. I'm going to just start facing them. And I'll, if it come down to it, I'll hire a private investigator to find out about this fan. <laughs> just, so, just so I can expose them a little bit. Just to let you know how it feels. <laughs> I, just, I just try and run them down the garden path. They eventually hang themselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny, Grant? When, when there was a guy on Twitter that was uh, chirping Charleston. And what Charleston did was he went and he did like PI work. He went, found out the guy's name, found out then went on the internet, found out where he worked, found out that the guy got married in Las Vegas. And was ready, like he was ready that if this guy said any more, that he was just going to unload or you're going to do that. Yeah, I was like, man, okay, you think it's funny when, uh, when my business is put out there, but when I start putting your business out there, this is a little different story now. <laughs> oh no! People get real sensitive about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why we posted for one guy the other day. We posted a feelings report for him so he could fill it out. <laughs> we, bruised a, we bruised a feeling. So, <laughs> yeah. hey, but that but that actually brings me uh, to my topic. You said like one of the most, I guess, down moments of your career was having to face the media for for an, a suspension like that. I know me personally, I had to do the same thing and like face the media and just kind of bite the bullet, I guess you could say, and just kind of put it behind me and put it in the past. Like, like, what was your mental process in that, in that whole situation, I guess? Like, I know it's tough. First couple of days, I was mad. <laughs> so I just went and spent some time with some friends and hung out. After that, you realize that you're going to have to face it eventually. So I just wanted to get it over with. So you go, you spend your time with the media. And just, I owned up to it. Said, hey, I made a mistake. 
if you want to crucify me for it, fine. I'm still going to be a better person afterwards. So have at it. Yeah. And, and that's one thing that this is my opinion. Um, you know, if you think about it, you, you right now as fans, we get to look back and read all the books and be able to see that. Uh, from my opinion, you weren't the only one in the league that was probably doing um, substances that were illegal. You know, you look at that right now in the NFL, a guy can do uh, cocaine, uh, weed, steroids, and get a four-game suspension, or in other leagues like that. You know, back then, I think, in my opinion... They, well, they had no policy. Yeah. That, that was the problem. They had no policy. The one thing I was going to ask you, Grants, do you think that you got vilified or kind of the fall guy because there was no policy and that you were kind of the first superstar in the NHL that admitted to doing wrong, right? Do you think that you... Well, not, not, the, not the first one to have gone through it, but the first one that became vilified for it. Yeah. And yeah, do you, do you yeah. feel like that still kind of has that presence on you now or no? Or do you feel like... It, just the, the Twitter world, it has a presence. To me, no, not at all. Yeah, I mean, I do a, do some work with the Betty Ford Center now, and yeah. it, you know what, it's passed. But it, you I know, made some mistakes when I was young, and it's made me a better person. So it really doesn't bother me. Yeah, and and one of the things that like back in the day, you read the books about Bob Bob Probert, you read the books about, you know, John uh, Cordick, you read the books about Theo Fleury. You know, and, and they all admit to having issues, you know, uh, substance abuse issues and how it kind of made him better people. You look at Theo Fleury is a great example of how now he's doing lots of things. He's, he's uh, sober and, and does that. Uh, lots of good work. And, and unfortunately, you look at the, the wrong paths, or I guess the, the, the paths that have led people down the wrong way, like the Mr. Proberts and Cordix that, that's um, yeah. it's unfortunate. And that's a decision you have to make. You've got to decide what path you're going to go down. So yeah. I decided that, you know what? I'll admit it. I'll get through it at the end of the day. So yeah. I decided to take the other route. On to bigger and better things. Good for you. And, and you're uh, a great leader and example uh, today for, uh, for a lot of people. And so um, I want to ask you about the 80. One of the things, Charleston, and I don't think you would know this as much, being one that you're American and two that you were – like four years old at the time, but Man, I was born in '83. I remember everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> born, born in '83. Damn. Yeah. What was you doing in '83? December, uh, December fourteenth of '83. <laughs> December fourteenth of '83. We'd have been having our run to our first Cup final. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I want to, Charleston, one of the greatest things, well, one of the things about COVID over the last while is we got to watch replays of, you know, some classic hockey. One of the things we got to see over that time was the Canada Cup. And Charleston, for, for us, the Canada Cup was like, almost like the Olympics in basketball. And this team that, that uh, Grant played on was like the dream team in 92 of basketball, you know, when Jordan and Bird and Magic. Yeah. This was Canada's version. This was something that it was that. And, of course, we're playing Russia. In a long story tradition, Canada versus Russia since 72 and before. Um, Grand Fear was in goal. It was the game two. It's the goal that everybody talks about. Gretzky, Lemieux. Lemieux's got Larry Murphy on his right-hand side. Lemieux, top corner, scores. Um, you know, Canada goes on to win that game and win the series. After that, you was really paying attention, huh? Well, yeah. 
Like, it, oh, it's, man. It, it's Canada's history, man. It's, it's what, you know, gives me goosebumps still when you think about it, when you watch it as a kid, jumping up and down going, yeah! <laughs> Grant, how was that like to be on that team, um, uh, you know, <laughs> with having the best seat in the house to watch that goal? Grant just made a, a huge save a few minutes before to preserve a 5-5 tie. And then what was it like to be on that team with those guys, um, you know, and then be on the ice? Well, you know what? You're playing with the best players in the world against the best players in the world. So that was the fun part. And there's not a soul in that building thought Larry Murphy would ever get that puck. Yeah. <laughs> you've, you've got Gretz and Lemieux. There's not a chance Murph's getting that. <laughs> and is it, is it true that uh, – Mike Keenan kind of had to get you, you and Wendell Clark of all people that surprised me because he's a Kelvington Saskatchewan boy. You and Wendell Clark had to go on the bike and training camp and uh, shed a few pounds. Standard. My summertime program. <laughs> oh man. Eating too, eating too many steaks. <laughs> uh, let's just say my summers were for enjoyment and recovery. Yeah. <laughs> so you, the best goalie just came off winning another Stanley Cup in 87, have to get told by Mike Keenan to drop the pounds? Oh, we were probably about 10 heavy. Oh, really? so. <laughs> wow, that was awesome. And it's one of those things, Charleston, you'll see, I'll show you the uh, one of these days we watch the game. It's one of those things. How was it like to be on the ice? When What do you remember about that game, that goal? Well, you know what? It, every game was close. I mean, they all ended 6-5. First one, we lost 6-5. Second one, we won 6-5 in overtime. So game three, we knew we got down 3 nothing in I think the first two or three minutes. And nobody panicked. And that was the fun part about it is we knew we had a chance to win. So yeah. everybody stayed positive and just played hard. What a, oh, uh, and what a, there's nothing better than winning. Yeah, I bet. What was, okay, that's a good, good segue. What do you remember about being some of the best celebrations? What are the, you know, the cities, the beers you're having, the champagne? Stogies well, we after. Were, we were lucky. <laughs> we won four out of our five cups in Edmonton. So the, so the party would have been so, right there. We, let's just say we had free reign of the city for a while. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the keys yeah. to the city. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't pick up a tab for a while, I'm assuming. No, and still we get looked after pretty good in the city. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Speaking of Edmonton, then how do you uh, – what's your take now on – the Edmonton Football Club. What do you think they're? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think they're? I, I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you, you can still call them the Eskimos. I do. Well, <laughs> we, we've had some interesting uh, people. They've said the mittens. They've said the snowflakes. We've had all kinds of different ones that uh, to be able to do that. What What do you think? Uh, any uh, advice to give the Eskimos on what name to be able to pick? Uh, you know what. They want to change it. It's up to them to change it. I'll still support them. I'm still going to go to games when I'm in town. So. The e, Edmonton EE. E. They should, like, the it, second E, they should erase that, like, bottom line and then just call it Edmonton Fears. <laughs> look, look what they're doing in Washington. <laughs> what the Redskins are going to do this year. They're just going to call them the Washington Football Club. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that's silly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, do got, I do got one question for you, though. You started yeah. off your career with – you had two different numbers over your career. Why yeah, I wore, one, I wore one my first year because my roommate at the time, Eddie Mio, had 31. So I had to wait till they traded him before I could get the number. So you was, ba- was banking on them. T- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
You was banking on him to lead to get his number. That's the number you actually wanted, 31? Yeah, that's what I wore as a kid. It's what I wore in junior. And I wanted to wear it in pro, but Eddie had it. So it was a matter of making the team. And then when they decided to trade Eddie, I grabbed it as quick as I could. Oh, that's funny. Usually when, like in football, if you want, if somebody has your number, you got to pay them for it. <laughs> Dude, that's like, the, beauty, like, of being, hey, that's the yeah. beauty of being old. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was got before you paid for the numbers. That's funny. <laughs> That's too funny. You, Surprising, uh, surprisingly, yesterday, which is a f- funny story, I was looking forward to having this conversation and talking with you and stuff. And I was in a restaurant, I was having chicken, and I was watching watching your documentary, which is, ama- <laughs> which is amazing, by the way. It's a very, very good documentary. If you haven't seen it, you need to go see it. It's called Making Coco. But it's a funny name anyway, Coco. Is that your nickname, Coco? <laughs> that is my nickname. All right, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, a guy walked into the restaurant with an Edmonton Oilers old busted-up rusty T-shirt, <laughs> turns around, goes to walk to the bathroom, guess whose number was on the back? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he had a Grand Fuhr, uh, like an old shirt. You could tell he might have had it from the 80s. But uh, farm guy, um, I ended up pulling him to the side and talking to him, saying, like, hey, man, it's funny that you walked in with this shirt on because I've never seen nobody with a jersey on, a grandfather jersey on, T-shirt, like no memorabilia, anything. I just never paid attention to it until that moment last night. <laughs> this guy walked in, and he told me that I asked him, if there's one question that you can ask grandfather, what would you ask him? Because he said he was a big fan of yours. He told me to ask you, who was your best friend on the team? Who did you hang out with the most? Who were you seen with the most? Who would you talk to on the team? You know what? I spent a lot of time with Kevin McClellan. I I actually spent a lot of time with Marty McSorley. But all our guys spent time together. We we did everything as a team. After practice, there was a mandatory team beer. So we went for a team beer. Young guys stayed for dinner and hung out. But we did everything as a team. So everybody was close. So to that guy, I saw at that restaurant last night. <laughs> I told him to come watch the Better With Age webcast and not ask your question. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, Grant, I had a few questions from you guys. I had one guy, Kevin, yeah. Kevin Pierce, sent uh, this message asking, who is the biggest asshole on the 87 Canada Cup team? We didn't have any. They wouldn't have been – they got, got rid of long before. Really? Okay. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. Good. And Cameron Cook, I had to ask, is it um, – what was the best city to enjoy some beers or dinner afterwards in all the NHL? And also, who had the hardest slap shot that you ever faced? Well, the easy part of that answer is Al McKinnis. Yeah. He easily had the hardest shot. The best city, kind of, it's a toss-up. I mean, my first year was the last year of Studio 54, so I got to see that. Ooh, uh, L.A., we got to go to the Playboy Club, so that was pretty cool as a young guy. <laughs> yeah. So You think? Right. <laughs> there were there were a lot of really good cities. Yeah, yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet. Do you watch a lot of CFL, Grant? Do you watch? Uh... I'm still a fan. We actually get one game a week down here. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. So, so you, you get you get to see get, Mr. Hughes. Saturday nights we get a game. Nice, nice. Well, uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's good to see. Now, Charleston. Now you got some pressure. Now that Grant's watching, you got to be able to perform. Hey, man. Oh, no, I'm the, coming to see him live. <laughs> yeah, come. I want you to come see me live. I, that's what I want. I want that kind of pressure on my back. Just, I, I felt like when you played, you had a lot of pressure on your back because a lot of the teammates 
the way they talk about you is, man, they rally behind you. They follow you. They're, they're like, if Grant Fuhrer's there, I know I got, I got his back 100%. Like, uh, we, got a, we got a good cast of guys. Yeah, man, but they, it still seems like they, they treated you as you were the leader of the team. No, like, the, just, like the silent leader of the team. Like everybody say like you were with Gretzky, you were with all these different players like Messier and all these players that were elite players in the league. But when the elite players say, yeah, I'll still rally behind Grant or Fierzy, whatever they call that, <laughs> whatever they call you. <laughs> like, how does that feel to say like, even though you didn't, I, I feel like you don't, you don't come off like the kind of guy that wants that kind of leadership, but it's like they put you in it anyways. Like, even if you wanted it or not, they placed you there. We're just the quiet piece of the puzzle. <laughs> so you got to have a full puzzle to win. So we were just the quiet piece of the puzzle. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And um, so what, uh, what, what do you have on the go now? Then what, do you have anything upcoming for the, the near future? Any charities that you're talking about? Anything that's coming up? You know what? I've got my first annual golf tournament down here, December 11, 12, 13 benefiting the Betty Ford Center for the Grant Fear Foundation. So we're going to have some fun with that. We've got a good cast of guys coming in. and Yeah, some of the old hockey guys are coming down just because. So yeah, is it open to the public? Do we have to it's, op to it's open to the public, so we'll have some fun with it. We'll Hopefully, if, if, if COVID finally got passed. Yeah. Ooh, we might need to see if Realtor One can get us a, a, a place <laughs> down there. <laughs> Realty One, get us a place. Our show sponsor for today, Rob Peterson over at Realty One, is we might have to see if we can get uh, a few of the guys from the the Realty uh, from their work to be able to come down with us. We'd love to be able to come down and play some golf. And and do you drink golf? Or do you drink golf? Do you drink Grant? I still have the odd beverage once in a while. Yeah, I wanted one of the questions I wanted to ask you is that okay, Gretzky's got a wine. Yep. Coffee and Messier have whiskey. You know was. Do you have anything that's coming, or uh, I'm, I get I'm a, I've got a whiskey coming out. Do you? Oh, oh, oh. yeah. Yeah, he want to say that. <laughs> it'll, it'll be more like a rum than a whiskey. So, it, is it going to be in Canada or the U.S.? It'll be in Canada. It's through okay. through the NHL release. Okay. So the alumni. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I was going to say I got some connections in the beer industry. If you ever want to have a a Grand Fear Porter made up or something like that, we can. Oh, we, we can. I would do that. Yeah, we can talk we, and maybe see if we can do something towards a charity or something like that. Yeah, we, we could come up with something for that. <laughs> got to come up with something. <laughs> yeah. To have that, that would be fantastic. So we got to look at, okay, so Grant, if you're going to come here, if the possibility is if you can come here for a game next season, chances are it won't be this season because the hub is going to take Charleston maybe to Winnipeg. But if we can get Grant Fear down here, for a game in Regina, then we got to definitely come out to Palm Springs and go and support your event. And then also see if you come down here, we'll do a big thing for a charity or we'll do something to see if we can get you down and come down and watch a Ryder game. It's definitely a deal. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, Charleston, do you, have, do you have anything else you wanted to ask Mr. Fuhrer? Yes, I do. <laughs> when, is the last, when is the last time you suited up? Um, what did I last time? About four years ago. I haven't put the gear on since I replaced my first knee. Okay, okay. Yeah. But there's a rumor there's an outdoor game that may happen in Edmonton in the next couple of years. So 
I have the gear resting at my daughter's. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be ready to go. Eh? Just wipe off the dust and away you go. And this this probably actually my last question because you, you've you gone down in Hall of Fame as the best goalie of all time. Multiple people say it. Why aren't you coaching? I'm actually going to coach a three-on-three league here coming up next year. So we're slowly trickling back into the world of hockey again and Mm-hmm. It's still my first love, so I'll eventually be back in the game. Good. Or is that the three-on-three league in the States there in Palm Springs, or where is that going to be? No, it's going all over. It's a, it's a league called Three Ice. It's okay. a brand-new three-on-three yeah, three league. We've got eight teams. I think CBS and TSN are the TV sponsors of it. So I've got that coming up starting June next year. Wow. Good for you. Well, I look forward to that. So that's, Yeah, uh, which team will you be coaching with? Uh, they haven't named them yet. It's just one of the eight teams. I think six of us, six of the coaches are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, the other one is Eddie Johnson, who played before me, and then Angela Regero played for the American hockey team. Nice. So we're yeah. gonna have a good cast. Good, and you're gonna be back in the game of hockey, eh? No more golfing. Not as much golfing then. Well, there's still be just as much golf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> What was I thinking on that? Well, Grant, um, you know, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Normally, what we do is that uh, Charleston's going to give you a few uh, few words that he always says to our guests. But uh, thank you so much for coming on. We definitely are going to follow you on Twitter. We already do. We <laughs> encourage all our, our guests and fans to to be able to watch you on Twitter. And, and all the best to you and your family and everything that you go through. You seem like... Uh, an outstanding uh, human being and great teammates and everybody just talks so highly of you and, and to do that. So thanks for coming on. It's, it's cool to be able to say that uh, two guys, well, one guy from Saskatchewan and Mr. Hughes, who's a celebrity can have you on our show. So it's my pleasure. So Charleston, you want to uh, say the final words that he always says? Yeah. I always got some final words and quotes. Um, Actually, I'll say one quote that came from that I heard from your documentary that I actually like. I liked it a lot. <laughs> it was a quote that says, "You have to live, you have to live your life and make mistakes to understand that they're mistakes." So I like I like the way that sounds, man. I like, and that's that's like something that kind of goes to heart, and it can apply to anybody, it can apply to everybody. That live your life to make mistakes, to was know that, that they're mistakes. Is that one of the things, Grant, that your dad said to you? That's a quote I got from my dad. See, so. I like that. I like that. Your, your dad was a good man. Yeah. <laughs> but this is the Better With Age podcast show. And I know you're looking good right now, man. So I know you're getting better with age. <laughs> but there's many things that get better with age. That rum that you're going to have coming out pretty soon will get better with age. Whiskey, wine, cheese, leather, there's many things. But the most important thing of them all is friendships. I had a great opportunity to meet you. Uh, when was that? I was back in like May. Man, yeah, so I was like back in like May, April. No, it might have been April. Yeah, April sometime. I had an opportunity to get to meet you at that event, man. And I went in blind. I was the only football player on stage with a bunch of hockey guys, and I was looking like I don't know anybody. <laughs> but but you kind of opened the door, and I had an opportunity to speak with you and get to know you and you know, figure out who you were as an athlete and what, what kind of guy you were off the field. And I appreciate the friendship that you opened up to me at that point in time. And it was great meeting you. Charleston, it was my pleasure. 
I look, for, I look forward to coming to watch you play. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Let me know. The tickets are ready. Matter of fact, tickets, the booth is ready. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we'll take care of you, Grant. Awesome. Thank you once again, and all the best to you and your family. Thanks, Johan. Okay. Take care. Take care. Have a good night, guys. Thanks. You too.